Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. fans and welcome into another episode of the CHGO Bears podcast. As I mentioned, it's Friday, which means it's time to call an audible for the CHGO Audible Day with me, myself, and I, Will DeWitt, and my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. Nick, I am freezing. We actually are buried with a little bit of snow here today. Like underneath my desk, I keep rubbing my hands to just bring some warmth down here. I almost wore my bear starter jacket, but I thought the mic may have picked up like all the, the movements in that thing here today. So I, I went against it, uh, unfortunately. So I'm going to be a little bit colder, but how you doing? Hanging in there? Yeah, we got into uh, double digits, got a nice, I think it was about 20 degrees the other day. So that is, su- is such a difference when you're in mm-hmm. zero, the negatives with the wind chill and things like that. It's crazy. But, you know, I think we're trending in the right direction when it comes to hopefully the weather, because the last last week with the snow, the cold, that was brutal, but trending in the right direction. Definitely are. I mean, it's crazy when 20-ish degrees feels like a heat wave, but that's just the nature uh, of where we're at right now. And uh, we have a lot to get into here today. We're going to continue our State of the Franchise series. We're going to continue breaking down the Chicago Bears offense. We're going to look at running backs. We're going to look at tight ends as well as the entire Chicago Bears offensive line. And hey, the Bears are also continuing to interview potential offensive coordinator candidates. So we have to talk about that. However, before we dive into all this amazing content that we have for you here today, I want to begin the show just by saying hello to nine brand new CHGO diehards. We have Derek, Brenda, Josh, Scott, Luke, Jeremy, Kelly, Ruben, Trevor, Hugh, Nathan, and uh, and Josh again. There's two Joshes, so I want to make sure they each get an appropriate shout out here. Uh, but Nick, anything you wanted to say about becoming a diehard and just welcoming in this new group since yesterday? Nine new diehards. I just want to say, you know, welcome to the family. Yeah, no, I love seeing that that we're continuing to grow this awesome community. But look, if you're a Bears fan and you're looking to get the most in-depth coverage for this crazy offseason, that's already, you know, we're in the thick of it right now. You're going to want to be a diehard. You're going to get that exclusive content. You're going to be among a bunch of also diehard crazy Bears fans as well as we're kind of going through this, seeing what the Bears are going to do at quarterback, at OC, who they're going to draft free agency. You're going to want to be a diehard, hang out with the awesome group of people, and then just, again, get that exclusive content. But we really appreciate everybody that's been signing up lately. It's been awesome to see. Give you guys a shout out here at the top of the show. But 
Let's keep that number growing each and every show. We should have some more diehards signing up. We definitely should. And see, Show Bears, like this is going to be the place for coverage of the most important offseason in team history. Again, mock drafts, player profiles, reporting from the Senior Bowl, the Combine. We're going to work on that offseason database that's coming out here that's going to give you information and our takes on player profiles for both draft prospects and free agents. You get invited to our Discord where we're holding, you know, those special happy hours talking bear strategy right there in those voice channels right inside of Discord. It's your chance to talk to all of us, Adam Ho, Greg Braggs Jr., Mark Carmen, Nicholas Moriano, myself, right there in the Discord. It's so much fun. And of course, as soon as you sign up, get a free t-shirt from the Seashield Locker, 20% off all the other merch anytime you want, even when we run sales and all of our events. So when the tailgates start rolling back up here, the draft party starts back up, you can save some money uh, in addition to joining us for these uh, amazing events. Did I miss anything? I feel like I hit it pretty well. No, I think you did a really good job encapsulating everything, all the great perks that come with being a diehard. So, I mean, you can still listen to the show, but you can sign up right now on allchgo.com and you know, obviously tune back to hearing what Will and I have to say. There we go. Can't wait to welcome in a whole bunch of diehards. We have an entire weekend before the next CHO Bear Show, unless we have to do an emergency podcast because you just never know right now with how this offseason is shaking out. But today and right now, our focus is going to be, again, continuing with the second part of our State of the Offense episode series. We're going to put the final three positional groups underneath the micro microscope. We're going to audit every position, share our opinions on the current state of each, our confidence level in each position, uh, play a game of pass or play, which means if there's a free agent at the position, should the Bears resign him? Should they let him go into free agency? There's a whole lot more coming your way. But Nick, are you ready to actually, before we get into that, talk about Cliff Kingsbury, the former Cardinals head coach, current offensive assistant coach at USC, who is interviewing with the bears for that vacant offensive coordinator job yeah well because this is an intriguing candidate the ninth person now that's been reported that is interviewing for this bears offensive coordinator position and i think there is a mixed reaction among bears fans of how they feel about kingsbury you look recently you know what happened in arizona how things went but as i'm kind of doing a deeper dive into him like, you did get two Pro Bowl seasons out of Kyler Murray. And last year, 2022, man, they they were a beat-up group. They had, I think, at week 18 of that season, 11 starters were ended up being on IR or some mm. amount on offense. So, obviously, that's not going to put you in a position to succeed. But my the big thing I'm going back and forth with, if – you know that Caleb Williams, you're going to draft him number one overall, and he works well with Kingsbury, and you want to put Williams and Kingsbury in a position that's going to make them both comfortable, you get that guy. You think if he can obviously get the most out of Williams and put get him to the level that you think he could be in the NFL, then that would be the guy that you ultimately want to pair him up with, but... There's a lot of uh, other things that come with bringing a guy like Kingsbury, and I, I know you want to share some of that. Here yeah, for sure. I mean, I was just looking at the resume yet again, you know, that two-year stretch in Arizona. Uh, I know he coached there longer than that, but he had a two-year stretch where that offense was clicking pretty well. They were top 10 in yards, average around 12th in points, never really cracked 
the top mm-hmm. 10 there. You know, Kyler Murray was playing some really good football for a decent stretch there. He did coach Patrick Mahomes at Texas, Texas Tech. Uh, but personally, if I want to put like my opinion on this, I just hope the Bears were using it as a way to just do additional homework on Caleb. Mm-hmm. I think that's the the approach that I hope the Bears are going through uh, on this one. You know, keep your mind open to that potential reality. I mean, you're interviewing him for the job, so give him a serious chance. Uh, but at the same time, uh, just with some of the other names that were mentioned, I-, I feel like this wouldn't be the route to go. And they're actually talking about this uh, at PHNX, again, one of our other sister companies over here uh, at All City Network. And I was just listening in uh, uh, what they had to say, and I didn't get a couple of exact quotes, um, but just some quick bullet points. Uh, no accountability. Uh, in his time in Arizona, failed to adjust. So even when his offense got good and defense is countered, he didn't know how to adjust back. Two of those sound like some former Chicago Bears head coaches. Just wanted to throw that out there. And just lack of leadership. So it's, you know, shades of Matt Nagy, maybe a little shades of Mark Tressman over there as well. Uh, There's just big doubts that he'd be a good play caller at the NFL. Like they were talking like they didn't really appreciate or like see good things as time as Arizona to like, give him confidence or give them confidence that he could come to Chicago and be a good play caller. And then the two quotes that I actually did take that I wanted to share came from Johnny V. And he said, and I quote, Nick, Kyler Murray carried Cliff. So Mm. that's interesting. And then right after that, he added, it would be detrimental to Caleb's development in the NFL to bring Cliff along with him from USC. So from people that cover the Cardinals, you know, just like you cover the Bears, being in the building, getting to talk to him, they say he's a really good guy. He's a nice guy. But there's just some red flags here that they kind of warn Bears fans about. And I just wanted to at least pass some of those along here too. And for them having that firsthand experience, I think to me, that carries a lot of weight. It definitely does. And, you know, that point about Murray carrying um, Cliff here, that's I, I think that's a big part of this offense, too. The quarterback in general takes so much of the weight when, obviously, if you have a top quarterback in the league, they're capable of doing that. But I also think that when you when you have a complete team, which I think the Bears are trying to build, you, you're able to run the ball. You're able to effectively pass mm-hmm. the ball. And do things like that. So that that was also one of the things that, you know, I was weighing the decision of whether or not it would be a good idea or a bad idea. Also, Will, I'm going to be completely honest. While most a lot of the successful teams in the NFL are taking branches off the Shanahan, the McVay trees, mm-hmm. the Bears will be going a completely, you know, a different route with this air raid scheme. And look, the Bears being intuitive and trying to find that new thing and not go the route that a lot of other teams are going offensively, that just also doesn't click right with me. That's why most of their candidates are from that McVay-Shanahan arc. And I get it. I, I understand that because that offense has shown that it can work when you have the right pieces, quarterback, et cetera, and play caller, obviously. But So that's also the other thing that you have to weigh with this is like, are the Bears out of all the teams going to get it right with Kingsbury, you know, let's say it is is Williams and and go that route that's also another thing to consider here it is and again when you look at his track record of quarterbacks he's coached say over the last decade maybe he was being carried a bit Patrick Mahomes and then Kyler Murray and then Caleb Williams so there are those are three very as we know at least with Patrick Mahomes at the next level like an elite talent, like like he's cream of the crop at, at QB. Caleb Williams, uh, as a lot of people have talked about, uh, a lot of analysts, like they believe he's a generational talent 
And then Kyler Murray, I know he's had his ups and downs, but if the guys at PHNX believe when the Cardinals were good, it was because Kyler Murray was putting on the Kyler Murray show and it wasn't Cliff Kingsbury calling the right plays and drawing up the, you know, the right scheme. I, I think to me, again, that carries a lot of weight and I'm going to hold that with me here. And that's why I know the headline is, would Cliff Kingsbury be the right choice? I'm going to say I do not believe so here on the show. No, I think that I think that's the look. I'm writing this article, and I we were mess, we were talking before the show, and I felt like, oh, maybe he is. And now I'm just flip flopping, but ultimately, where I'm coming down in my article, it's like it's just not the right fit. But I can understand why they're doing it. Again, gathering information, the Williams Kingsbury connection. I get that. Another guy that he worked with that he got the most out of Texas A&M, Johnny Manziel. He won the Heisman oh, Trophy my when goodness. he was also there. So. A lot of those quarterbacks, though, in especially in college, were able to succeed off those broken type of plays and right. you know, things that you could. It can. There are t- at times in the NFL where a, big plays like that happen, but you can't. You cannot make a living off of it. Like Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes because he could do that, but also destroy you from the pocket, right? So, a lo- mm-hmm. lot of uh, factors to consider here. But hey, uh, I'll end this conversation just by giving praise and kudos, I guess, to the Bears for, you know, leaving no stone on turn, doing their homework, doing the exhaustive search. And really, and as I know, I think it was probably mentioned in yesterday's shows because I know this news broke about halfway through, but the Bears getting an extra, you know, way to get information on Caleb at this stage of the offseason indirectly probably a really good thing as they have a huge decision to make here for the future of this franchise. Anything else that you wanted to say here, Nick, or is it time to continue state of the offense? Yeah, it's time to continue to stay the offense, but it's also, you know, with nine guys that they've brought in to be interviewed for this OC, I'm ready for an OC to be named. I don't (laughs) look, don't rush that. Obviously it's so important, but I'm at that point. I don't want to see more. Actually, I don't know, but I'm getting to that point where I want to see who the next OC for the Bears is going to be. We'll be going without a defensive coach. We can talk about that next week when we put the defense under the microscope. But all focus has been on that OC. And I don't know, maybe Iberflus is going to hold control of this defense. We'll see. I don't know. It's It would be interesting uh, if that's the route. It would be a slight surprise, uh, to say the least. Uh, but we're going to focus on the offense today. And who knows? Maybe they'll start interviewing defensive candidates here by the time we want to break down the Bears defense next Friday. But let's go ahead and get into the meat and potatoes of today's show, which is, of course, auditing all these positions for the state of the franchise series. And we're going to begin today's episode by looking at the Chicago Bears running backs. And I want to start this conversation uh, with the running back that began and ended the season at RB1. And that's good old Khalil Herbert. Finished the season with 611 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. Uh, His average did drop over a yard, 5.7 last year to 4.6, despite having nearly an identical amount of carries. And I know injuries this year played a part in that. And really interestingly, Herbert did have a career high in 20 catches uh, for 134 yards. And that was an area of his game last offseason, really for maybe the past two offseasons that we were kind of looking out of Khalil. We wanted to see him grow uh, as a receiver coming out of the backfield. And he did demonstrate that here this year. So Nick, I'll pass it over to you. What did Khalil show you this year or did he show you enough this year to make you feel comfortable with him being running back one again in 2024? Or is there still something missing here in the backfield? So honestly, when I look at the group that they had and they had that trio with Herbert, Roshan and, you know, Foreman, they did a lot of great stuff, but 
we've also seen that some of these top teams in the league, they have a guy, like mm-hmm. a guy at running back, right? And we were talking about that on, you know, one of uh, the other shows that we did. Yeah, last and week. And that was last week. Okay. <laughs> and I just think that, you know, if you're Ryan Poles and you do identify a running back that gives you a little bit more juice, and mm. speaking of juice, Khalil Herbert. I know, right? Um, ironic. Yeah, ironic. But, you know, they don't they don't have a guy that really breaks away. And I know Herbert showed that a little bit at the end of the season when he got a little healthy. But, like, there's no Jameer Gibbs type of offensive threat where, yeah, that guy has different speed. That guy does have the capabilities of being a real threat in the passing game. But I think he showed what, to me, what he was kind of showing in the 2022 season. But one area that I think has been – it you know i think he kind of took a, a step back was the, the run blocking a little bit mm. there was just times where you when Khalil herbert was out there and there was there were some whiffs and that's just been something that he's been trying to get better at but again if, i know pff's been under the the spotlight this week with all the players coming out saying how terrible the grades are and everything <laughs> but his grade was his grade was a 45.8 in run blocking which has been the worst of his three years in the nfl and i think Real it showed quickly. on tape too you mean past pro right just making sure. Pro, sorry, sorry. Yes. Cool. What, Does, oh, I mean, hell, if he's yeah. run blocking, I mean, that could be, uh, you know, a Kari blasting game uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you. That is an area of the game where even though the grade wasn't great, I, I thought he took a step. It just wasn't a step large enough to mitigate that impact that it can have on whoever's under center. Mm-hmm. But right now it would be uh, Justin Fields. So I'm with you on that. And Khalil has a lot of strengths. I don't want to dismiss those. Like he has a great vision feel. He knows how to find those cutback lanes and when to kind yeah. of turn on the gas and break, you know, come up with some of those strunk plays, but they, we just didn't get them to the same degree uh, that we've had in years past. I remember uh, I couldn't give you the exact rankings, but he was up there in terms of like uh, yards of 20 plus and 40 plus, like those kind of games on the ground. And he wasn't even in the top 10. And I know injury yet again played a factor, mm-hmm. uh, but that was something that I think the Bears offense was missing a little bit out of the running backs in general, where those, as you said, explosive plays uh, on the ground. Let's move to Roshan Johnson here, though, real quick, Nick, because, you know, he was a mid-round pick, but I thought Rojo had a decent-sized role in this offense, 115 total touches, 561 yards, two touchdowns, averaged 4.3 yards per rush, 6.1 yards per reception, and he hauled in 85% of his 40 targets. So, like, he was reliable uh, as an outlet coming out of the backfield. And even though, I mean, he had a decent role, I would call his production modest. I get it mm-hmm. doesn't like pop out at you when you're looking at like, you know, the stat sheet. And I know like he had a few impactful runs, but by and large, I would say it was a modest impact uh, on this offense. Uh, but is there any like in particular room for him to improve next year, Nick, that you're looking at to even grow in his role? Like, how do we get there? Yeah, I think for for Roshan, I mean, for a guy that had to, you know, split carries with two other backs, but still, like you said, like you said, was modest, had a modest uh, rookie season. I think it's going to be continuing to get better in in pass pro because although Roshan was the best of the three, it was still inconsistent at times. And for a rookie running back, that's really really tough to to get that down, especially as a rookie. It, it takes a long time. I remember talking to Roshan about that but that's where i want to see him continue to improve because that just gives him more opportunities for this for this new offensive coaching staff to keep him on the field on those third down situations 
but also, you know, if he needs to run the rock on, on first and second down, he is physical. And I really do like how he finishes plays, lowering the shoulder, fighting for those extra yards. But the best way for him to continue to see the field, to even get more snaps in, you know, a guy like Khalil Herbert is to show that he is the, he is the better pass blocking option. He does that consistently. Like that's how you get better at, at going into year two. Again, whatever offensive scheme it is, I think that's why he'll see more more snaps on the field. That makes a lot of sense over here to me. One thing about Roshan Johnson that I thought we would have saw more of were like those angry kind of runs, like breaking mm-hmm. some of those tackles and then being able to gain those additional yards after contact. That was something that, you know, looking at, and again, I know his time at Texas was, uh, you know, behind B. John Robinson and we knew that, like, but I thought those fresh legs, his power running style, like, I, I thought we would have saw a little bit more than that. I'm hopeful that he can kind of find that here still. Again, only a rookie. He's still kind of getting his feet wet here in the league. And really, but not having to play behind a B. John Robinson, you know, it, it changes things just mm-hmm. uh, a little bit. Uh, lastly, uh, we can look at Deontay Foreman here if we really need to right now. I know he's had a really weird season, right? He started it off inactive like a healthy scratch and then after Khalil Herbert's injury got thrust into a much more prominent role and really for you know three four week window there he was playing some really good football a big focal point of this Bears offense but then I know a personal matter for the final portion of the season kind of took him out of the action for a bit um, but it's just hard to gauge what the Bears have slash had in, in Foreman this year just with all the other nuances I think around it. Yeah, and, and I think Foreman, when he was asked to play, he was able to, you know, read his blocks, make the cutback lanes. He had some physical runs in there too. Still not the best pass blocker. And like you said, it just kind of, for him, especially at the end of the season, being like a healthy scratch when obviously like the Bears are, you know, at times trying to run the ball a little bit more. I think it's telling on what the organization kind of thinks of him for whatever reasons that that's probably going to be a different route they're going to go uh, just for, for him, but you know, he, for someone that stepped in and done that, honestly, his entire career, when you go back to mm-hmm. um, Carolina and what was it? Tennis, Tennessee, like that's a guy that has been able to do that and good for him for making the most out of his opportunities. But the bears are most likely to be looking for another running back tad to this room. Yeah, I, I think so as well. Uh, we can bring in Travis Homer. I don't think we have the time nor really the space to bring in Homer. I know Darrington Evans was a part of the team for a bit. I, I believe the end of the year in the Dolphins practice squad. Um, but so. my oldest Darrington Evans, like, I don't know. I, for some reason, uh, AJ would walk in the room to watch a bears game and Evans would be playing and being playing well. Like, I love that guy. And then like a week later, like, where is he? I'm like, Oh, he's not on the team anymore. It's like, why he's playing good. And so <laughs> I felt bad for him. Um, but uh, regardless with what we had here, uh, I, I thought we did a pretty good synopsis of like what this group provided and what we're kind of looking for next year. Uh, my highest like area of improvement really surprises me because heading into the season, I thought the Bears would have ranked well here, but it is the yards after contact. Uh, Khalil Herbert was 19th this year. Uh, again, he was near like the top three, top five in years past. Foreman, 42nd, Roshan Johnson, 56th. And this is yards on contact on average. So that way it's not like just for the season because they all split carries, right? So this was their average yards after contact. The highest ranked was Herbert in 19th. And if you want to have, you know, an impactful offense, you need a running back that is able to break tackles and gain those additional yards afterwards. And 
I do believe Herbert possesses those. We just didn't see it for a multitude of reasons this year. Can he bounce back? Yes. Is there still something else missing, Nick? I think you hit on it. Uh, I'll lay it up for you. What else should we add to this running back room? Well, I mean, to be completely honest, I you just need a, a back that not only can make guys miss out of the backfield and break tackles if he's in a one-on-one situation, but man, if they had a, a guy that was a true threat out a true threat out of the backfield, well, I think these guys are they can do it, and Roshan will get better at it. But if you get one of those types of backs, like that, that really does add another element that defense has to to worry about. And just think back to the the Bears Lions game in Detroit. Jameer Gibbs breaks a tackle over the middle of the field. What was that? Tremaine Edmonds and is able to pick up some key yardage to go get that, that first down, ultimately win the game a little bit later. But yeah, I, th- I think that's still missing. And if Ryan Poles were to, you know, add to that room and get one of those guys, I, I could see why. Well, you, I think you hit it, but I don't think you hit the nail exactly what I thought you were going to say. They need more speed. They just need more yeah. speed coming out of the backfield. And you can win with guys that aren't four three speed. Like you can Christian McCaffrey. He's on a four three speed, but we all know the other talents that he possesses and why he's a very special back here in this league. I mean, Derek Henry's just a different kind of, you know, running back mm-hmm. here as well. That bruiser type, he's gonna run you down, stiff arm, all of that jazz. But for me, what I wanted to like bring up here with the speed is like when you're looking across the league, you know, Herbert. Coming out was a four five five. Roshan Johnson was a four five eight. Mm. Now, if you want to look at Jameer Gibbs, four three six. Both running backs in Miami was a four three four and a four three two. James Cook is a four four two, and all these guys were in the top five of yards of twenty plus this year. Mm. So, again, we saw Herbert do it before without the lack of speed, but a lot of Herbert's long runs. If you go back and watch him on film, Nick. I mean, they're wide open holes and I'm not discrediting Herbert because some of those are cutback lanes. He has the vision and the patience to allow it to happen, which is again, very valuable. But going back to having what 2017, we had the thunder and the lightning. I think we have a lot of thunder. We have a lot of thunder rolling right now in the backfield, but we have to find that lightning too. I like that a lot. Well, I couldn't spike it down, but you were able to salvage it and bring it back down. Yeah. Speed would be great to add for this Bears backfield. And it doesn't have to be, you know, not every guy. You do need a well-rounded group. Mm-hmm. I just feel like if we had one guy, when you and I were previewing the first Bears-Lions matchup and we started just gushing about Gibbs's speed, like you can feel that through the screen. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would love to have a guy like that where if he gets to the edge, he cuts a corner, and then two strides later, he's 12 yards down the field, it feels like. like Having a guy like that on this offense, I think, could change the game for the Bears, regardless who's at quarterback, regardless who's calling the plays. It just gives you so much more to work with in a more balanced backfield and how you can deploy those different players. No good point there, Will. Awesome. What's your confidence real quick at RB? I'm at like a six and a half. Uh, again, solid, but not spectacular. Yeah, I, I would say I'm more at a, a like a 5.9, but borderline six. But I do think they're just going to – Poles is going to add one of those types of guys in, in this draft. Or if there's someone through free agency, that will provide a little bit more. Again, go back to the word juice in the backfield. And just letting you know, I, not only did I spike that down, I spilled my drink all over my desk and it oh, is no. pouring on my lap. And I'm going to sit here for the next 40 minutes. So everyone – <laughs> appreciate the dedication water? This is a, sure it's sticky um it, it's 
it's a soda. Uh, but yeah, I, I should. I also have water, but I needed a little caffeine sugar pick me up for this episode here today. But now my lap gets to enjoy it. Oh, Regardless, no. let's take a break and let's get into our first time out here. And I want to let everyone know about DraftKings. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Uh, just looking at what we have here right now, I mean, obviously the Ravens are favored. You can get them on the money line at minus 425, uh, and the spread is at minus 9.5. Green Bay is a plus 320, so just want to throw that out there against the 49ers and another 9.5 spread. Uh, the Lions are pretty good favorites right now, six and a half over the Bucks, and the Chiefs are actually dogs right now against the Bills. So you can mm. get the Chiefs on a money line at plus one twenty-four. Uh, just a very interesting line all the way around here for this weekend of playoff action. So you should definitely go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use code CHGO. New customers can bet just five bucks, get two hundred instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportscode, a book uh, with the code CHGO. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That is 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. DKNG.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Putting I'm responding to our chat here with a thumbs up, Will, asking about the shoes in the background. I have worn them before. But I also now have to tell you, speaking of DraftKings, my player play of the week that i'm kind of looking at right now i've been betting a lot of nba just because it's so frequent i have to wait till the weekend so if i feel like betting throughout the week i'm looking at this 76ers versus magic game well and the over uh, 32 and a half for joel Embiid at minus 135 against the magic and has been damn near unstoppable this season and i like betting on centers him jokic uh, but this week or today, I'm going with Joel Embiid over 32 and a half and minus 135 against the Magic. All right. There you go, Nick. Helping people out with that. Uh, really appreciate it. And right now, did you know that it's actually getting easier for businesses to switch to electric vehicles? And that's something that honestly we all can get behind for the health of the planet and just for the well-being of all of us who share it. Yeah, the electric grid will is evolving to meet your cleaner energy needs as we all move with confidence towards an electric tomorrow, whether you have one delivery van, a whole fleet of shipping trucks, Comet can help guide you to make the changes that make sense. So what exactly should those business owners do? All you got to do is go to comet.com slash clean to learn more about the resources, fleet rebates and infrastructure incentives available to help business go electric if you own a business, don't wait. Start making your plan to today to switch to electric vehicles. Good for business, good for the planet, good for all of us. And all you got to do is go to comad.com slash clean. Uh, I just want to make sure I wrote this down on my soaked notepad correctly. Did you say <laughs> comad.com slash clean? Your soaked notepad was right there, Will. All you got to do is go now and see how going electric connects all of us to a better way of doing business and a better future for generations to come. 
Awesome. Good stuff there. Uh, welcome back to the CHO Bears podcast, your home and the place to be for the most important Chicago Bears offseason in history. I would love for you to become a diehard at allcshow.com slash diehard. Uh, again, content uh, off the guy, you know, the wazoo, Adam Hoax's Bears things, our offense, our off season database of over 100 players both in the draft and free agency that the bears could potentially pursue and our thoughts and rankings of those sorts of players free shirt as soon as you sign up 20 percent off merchant events all the time super simple i'll see show.com slash diehard join today you'll get a shout out on monday's episode if you sign up now and through the weekend but it's time to switch our focus to the Chicago Bears tight end room. And first up is Cole Komet, who was the Bears' second leading receiver this season with 73 catches, 719 yards, and six touchdowns. He hauled in an impressive 81% of his targets. Komet, I thought, took yet another step this season with career highs and catches and yards. He moved the chains 36 times this year, another career best is six touchdowns. They were second behind the seven that he had last year, but regardless, another very solid season for Cole Komet. Nick, for you, I just want to know, like, what type of growth did you see in Komet this season? Uh, is he proving to be worth that deal he signed in July? Obviously, it seems that way to me. And obviously, the reason for success this year was just joining CHGO uh, like he did. I mean, it just makes so much sense. It really does. I mean, when you join CHO, you just become better. So that's, again, why you should become a diehard here. But Cole Komet, I, I think there was a lot of a lot of Bears fans that saw the contract that he got and were skeptical of why they did what they did for Cole Komet. But really, he has grown in every aspect of the game. And that's been really encouraging to see from a guy that obviously was drafted high here in Chicago. But one of the – in this – this could be scheme, but this I think also goes to Cole Komet as a route runner. When you look at separation, average separation, Will, out of mm -hmm. all the qualifying candidates, Cole Komet was fourth in the league, fourth best with a 4.1. The only guys that were better were Rondell Moore, Luke Musgrave, Rashi Rice. And again, there could be schemes. We saw a lot of times where Getsy was able to call a play, and for whatever reason, you kind of left a – a Cole Komet wide open, but also I think he also improved his, his contested catch as well. There were mm -hmm. a couple times early on where Cole would get his hand on a, you know hands on a football and maybe not come down with a catch. We just saw that more consistently this season. So he's become a reliable target for Justin Fields, someone that can block, was asked to block some really good pass rushers this season, and you know did a damn good job of it. And you know he's continued to ascend as a football player. Yeah, I think. Cole has really just turned himself into an all around tight end. Like he does, he does it all. Like he, he may not lead the league. Like he may not give you Travis Kelsey output, but like by golly, like he is right up there. You mentioned the blocking. Like I, I went through like some of the highlights of his stats, but you're right to like bring the blocking as part of the equation here, because it is a big part of his game. And it is something he does a lot better than most tight ends here uh, in this league. So when you were mentioning like the yards, like the, the separation or the cushion, like, was that like the entire like NFL? That wasn't just tight ends, right? Like every position group was included. That's every position group. Well, so finish twenty three, number four in the league, four point one. <laughs> that's that's really incredible. Is there any nitpicking that you can do for Cole heading into twenty twenty four? There were some games, and I can't give you specifics, but they again, regardless, maybe it was due to blocking, just the matchup, but he just wasn't as targeted. He was asked to be more mm -hmm. of a blocker, which is fine given the opponent. 
But I think Cole Komet, the way he's ascended as a as a player, he should get, regardless of the opponent, regardless of the matchup or what the scheme is for that specific game, he needs to get his targets. And he's showing that, you know, they can be downfield. They can be explosive gains. And he's going to fight back to the football and just make those plays for, for his quarterback. So, and I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily a criticism on him, but just, you know, you, you need to find ways to continue to get Cole Komet the football in any way that you can. So uh, looking forward to, you know, the next offensive coordinator continue to develop that to get, you know, number 85 involved in these game plans. And yeah, so kind of copped out of the, the question there, Will, but that's, that's what I want to continue that's seeing fine. from Cole Komet. No, that makes sense. I, I love this comment from Kyle Waddle too, that we didn't even mention about the grit and the toughness, like commit plays through injuries. Like he does like the dude, yeah. like even if he's not a hundred percent, like he's going to give it a go. He's going to give it his try. And I know like one of the games near the end of the season where he had the knee and he was out there for a few snaps and it was like, it wasn't, but the dude was out there trying. And I mm-hmm. admire that, you know, that, that admiration, uh, his respect for himself and for his teammates and the desire to be out there for his team and for the Chicago bears. Uh, so the dude is tough uh, as nails. He's gritty. Uh, and those are guys that we love here in Chicago on our football team. So really Cole Komet, you know, I asked you to nitpick. I didn't have any nitpicks and, and that's why I kind of capped out and handed over to you uh, as well. But Cole Komet, you know, keep it up. I, I can't wait to see yet another year and, I know you were mentioning like the targets and like, where were they? We can just blame Luke Getzey, right? Like, is it as simple as that nowadays? <laughs> I think it, I mean, look there, I think there's some on Getzey. Obviously it's, it's multifaceted, you know, reasons why I will, but uh, regardless of who the, the next OC is for the bears, they're going to like having a nice, a, a good weapon, reliable weapon. And like you mentioned, someone that plays like, that's that there's been a lot of Bears players that have been drafted or players that come to Chicago that they they're not available. Cole has been only available to any quarterback, any situation, any game, regardless of how the season ends, he's out there. And I, I really do respect the hell out of that. And then there's one question that came in from Kang here uh, that I thought was interesting to kind of throw your way, Nick, just watching his team as closely as you do like in person, but any thoughts on Cole being used as like an H back slash motioning more. So like, being more of a, you know, a non-traditional inline tight end, but growing his role a bit now at this stage of his career? I think you can, you can definitely put him, like there have been times too where we have seen him under center in the backfield or the one play, I think it was the 2022 season where he pitched the ball to Justin Fields against Detroit and he goes for a big explosive gain. But yeah, you can move Cole Komet around. I, I, I don't see the issue with that. Obviously it's a identifier for the quarterback to know what the the defense is in but anytime you get people moving and get the defense having to think another option of what can happen from from Cole Komet who could run you know a good amount of routes on, on the route tree I see no issue with that move them around again it will not be to the extent that you see Kelsey and you sure. know what they do in Mahomes nobody's really going to do that but you could definitely do that in, in an offense all right, and real quickly, we can lump in the last two guys here, Robert Tanyan, Mercedes Lewis. You know, I thought Tanyan would have had more of a larger role in this offense. Uh, going back to, like, my notes from last offseason, only 11 catches, 17 targets, 112 yards, zero touchdowns. Honestly, it's not even, like, the, the targets and the yards. It's 
the the red zone impact. I really thought Tanyan would have had a bigger impact inside the 20. And of course, you know, Mercedes was more or less of what I expected to, right? Like a real solid tight end three. He can sneak in a catch here and there. Um, but, but basically, I think he performed to what I would expect at this juncture of his career. I mean, he's been in the league for such a, a long time. But Nick, do you think that this group complemented Komet well, or is there room for the Bears to kind of figure that out better next year? I mean, they can always be better, but I think you know what I was trying to ask. Yeah, I think Mercedes Lewis definitely was a nice addition to this roster, just not even for the tight end group, but what how all those players in the locker room kind of looked up to the guy being, what, is it 19 seasons in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken? it's <laughs> Most of our lives. <laughs> Yeah, it's an absurd amount of, of time. So they look for that leadership and what he kind of brought in the beginning of the season where they were not winning games and he was able to kind of, you know, just talk to the players about like some of his experiences. So I think he was definitely a nice asset. Like you with Tanyan, like you thought you would see more. One of his best plays that he made as a Chicago Bear was in the Atlanta Falcons game. I think Justin Fields, he's rolling out left. And Tanyan, instead of continuing to run his over route, trickles back a little bit, uh, gets away from the the Falcons defenders and presents himself open. Like, that's what I thought we were going to see a little bit more of because he was familiar with the offense and Getsy and just, he was, okay, he was lighting it up in training camp. I'm not going to lie. That that <laughs> happened. That there yep. was, that was a reality at one point, but it never materialized throughout the regular season. And then when you have the, the drop that he did against Cleveland, that could have changed the course mm. of that game. So I think you could do, to, to answer your question, I think you could do more to add just another compliment to what Cole Komet is. Like another receiving threat, a, a guy that, you know, is actually going to consistently produce. But Cole Komet's always going to be your number one, unless I, I saw Brock Bowers in the chat. That would change some things. It'd be another good compliment. But I think you can add another guy that can actually be a threat at the tight end mm-hmm. position. I was surprised the Bears didn't really try to draft someone like in the mid rounds last year too to like bring some youth in here and you know Laporta. push a little bit more and Damn. i understand with tanyan's experience with luke getsy what he was able to do in green bay with aaron Rodgers, particularly that red zone production again 2020 i think he was like top three in the nfl with red zone touchdowns i can see why in hindsight i still wish they were developing someone else here prior so we didn't have such an urgent need maybe at tight end to now but it is what it is and this would be an off season for the bears to maybe figure that one out because if you can find that guy behind cole to just continue to prop him up take some of the pressure off and it'll just continue to give you an extra dimension and wrinkle of your offense yet again another way the bears can find ways to improve next year but what do you want to do nick should we take our final time out then do offensive line and everything or do we do some offensive line first. I'm open. I'm I'm just, you know, a little uncomfortable over here. So trying <laughs> yeah, not trying not that. to be too distracted by it. I'm good now. It's I've lost the shock value. Yeah, you know what? Let's, let's see. It's it's 12:44. Let's go into a break. We'll then talk about the offensive line. Obviously, you got a bigger group there and keep the show yep. rolling. Sounds good. Well, my question for everyone, I guess, is are you in the market for a new vehicle? And if you are, then we have some great news for you. Our partner, Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram and Fox Lake is starting their Ray resolution with the Start Something New sales event. And do you know what that means? You'll be able to shop incredible savings on every new vehicle in stock because they want to clear the lot to make room for brand new 2024 vehicles. So for a limited time, 
get up to $9,000 off new Jeep models with dealer discount. And that's not all. Shop their last call on remaining 2023 Dodge Challenger and Charger models, including Hellcat, Scat Packs, and more. Dodge is the most powerful muscle car brand, so you don't want to miss out on their last call with over 20 Dodge muscle cars to choose from. And at Ray CDJR, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicago's largest inventories and drive home with more money in your pocket than you'd expect thanks to Ray's price promise. Don't miss out. Shop great deals all month long and save big because Ray CDJR makes buying a new vehicle more affordable than ever. Fans can get a free oil change when you mention CHGO at the service center or mention CHGO when you book online at raycdjr.com slash service but you have to schedule before January 31st. So if you're in the market for a new vehicle, then you have to check out the team at Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram because they are the only team that we'd recommend. So visit them today on Route 12, Route 12 in Fox Lake. So for more information, visit Ray CDJR in Fox Lake or raycdjr.com, serving the community since 1963. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, I just want to give one more shout out to our new diehards at just yes. sign up, Derek, Brenda, Josh, Scott, Luke, Jeremy, Kelly, Ruben, Trevor, Hugh, Nathan, and Josh. Uh, really appreciate everyone for signing up. And if you want to get a shout out on the next show, Monday, just sign up to be a diehard. And there's so many great benefits like we mentioned earlier in the show. But when you sign up, you can select the the awesome – there's awesome selection of shirts, gear that – that you can look to to get so you can get that you get exclusive content you can be in the discord lounge so much great stuff and i'm I think greg's going to tell us a little bit more about it yes sir uh yeah just to also uh highlight the point of what we're doing here on the discord spaces as i call it because everybody knows i'm notorious for being on twitter spaces for literally you know all day until 3 a.m. arguing about the quarterback ad nauseum uh but these voice channels in discord offer the same thing and 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 it keeps out a lot of the different people on Twitter that might turn the conversation to a more toxic nature. Uh, we have more nuanced conversations on there. So it's been a lot of fun here the last couple of weeks integrating that. And the reason I bring that up is uh, the last week during the NFL playoff games, we were doing live watch alongs in the discord voice channels and everybody was popping in Hogue, Nick, uh, Carm, Will, and you guys can have an opportunity to, I'll be watching the games tomorrow live on the discord spaces. There was like 15, 20 bears fans in there last week, hanging out, watching the game along with us. And we were talking about everything from sports to everything outside of it. So um, make sure you, you, you jump in this weekend, become a diehard 
and uh, you can you can hang out while we watch these playoff games together. So I just wanted to add that in as well. Good stuff there, Greg. Yeah, allchshow.com slash diehard is where you can sign up. So many amazing benefits, getting closer to your favorite CHO Bears people, both here on the show and you know within our community as well. But let's get back into the final portion of today's episode, which is the Chicago Bears offensive line. It's time to give them you know a, a pretty thorough look through here real quick. Uh, let's begin. I, I thought of how many, like there's so many ways we can actually like, break down this offensive line and like how to break them up. Uh, but let's begin with the young bookends. Let's look at Braxton Jones and Darnell Wright. Jones, uh, I thought he had a very positive season. He showed some solid growth from his rookie year. I mean, he, the fact that he didn't let that neck injury early on that put him on IR kind of derail him from developing and putting together a solid second season to me is a very promising sign. And Darnell Wright, sure, sure, he had a few of those rookie moments, but by and large, I mean, he looks like a very promising long-term starter for the Bears at right tackle. So, Nick, I know you've had some time, like we all have, uh, to reflect on their season, but how are you feeling about the Bears tackle situation? It's something that I know we've been monitoring for about a decade here, talking, you know, Bears podcasts together. And I'm feeling pretty, I'm confident to say, like, I'm feeling probably the best I ever have about like the long-term future at those positions. Yeah, especially when you compare it to previous seasons and what the Mm -hmm. Bears are kind of dealing with at the tackle position. They're in a far better spot because they have two young tackles that, you know, did get better throughout the course of the 2022 season. And, you know, for Darnell Wright, too, he kind of took a page out of Braxton Jones's playbook. And I'm looking at pro football reference, and it said that he played in 100% of the snaps for every single game except for the Raiders game. I think I'm also looking at pro football focus, and it said something different. Regardless, he damn near played every snap. And that game against the Raiders, remember, he was using basically one arm. So you saw some really good things from Darnell Wright in terms of power, the ability to get off the snap. Of course, he also faced some really good pass rushers in the 2023 season. And for the most part, I think he did a pretty decent job. There's obviously things he needs to learn. So I'm I'm really encouraged with Darnell Wright. And then for Braxton Jones, real quick, Will, um, the big thing, being able to take on those power bull rush moves from opposing defensive linemen, I think he did – get better of just being able to absorb those types of mm. rush techniques. And, and I think that was a big thing with him because you also saw, I think too, a more aggressive Braxton Jones. I think he felt more comfortable in the system. And when he got out in space, there are a couple of plays where he's burying guys. So I really liked to see that, but this, I will also say this, if the bears identify a, a left tackle in the draft and want to, let's say upgrade that position, I I can see why the Bears would want to do that. You can always get better mm-hmm. and, yes. you know, have a quality depth for Braxton Jones. But right now, like, to, I'm feeling pretty good about the Bears' young tackles. I don't have much to add except one question that came from Alfredo in the chat. I'm going to throw you away. Who had a better season, Darnell Wright in his first or Braxton Jones in his second? Which one outweighed the other? It's, that's a tough call for me. They're, they They had their ups and downs, both of them. I, I'm like neck and neck when I look at their season overall, like in my notes. You know, well, I think I'm going to go with Darnell right in his first, but man, that that is a tough one. Um, because again, Braxton Jones just show, did show more consistency uh, throughout this season, but I will go with Darnell. Right. I think they're just more of those um, 
I don't want to say flat splash plays when it comes to offensive line, but you saw just the, you the physical or the, you know, like the, the willingness to bury a guy, but also the ability to get out quick enough. Like that's impressive. And you know, you can't, some of those things you just can't teach. They just have them. And mm-hmm. so I'm going to go with Darnell Wright. Okay. I'll just say Braxton Jones because you mentioned consistency and then we have opposite answers. Let's uh, let's bump inside. So we're going to go outside in and we'll look at the two starting guards, uh, Tevin Jenkins and Nate Davis, Tevin Jenkins. I mean, when he's healthy and he's out there, I mean, he just continues to be a dude. And even though he hasn't been able to play a full season, he still was able to play the highest amount of snaps. I thought he transitioned to left guard rather seamlessly. Uh, so I want to give him some props for doing that as well. Uh, and Nate Davis, as we know, rough start to the year, dealing with the death of his family. It was a lot of speculation going on at training camp preseason early on in the regular season. But he was able to play consistently for this unit over the final half or so of the season. And I thought he played, you know, well, uh, moderate. Uh, as What do we say? Spectacular, but not or solid, but not spectacular for the running backs. I would put Nate Davis in that category as well. And for me, I know he had a lot to deal with this year. Uh, and I just hope that he can, can be the guy that I thought he would be when the Bears signed him in free agency last offseason. I did expect uh, a little bit more of him on the field, but you have to take everything, I believe, into consideration uh, when it comes to Nate Davis's 2023 football season. Uh, but when it comes to both of those, you know, anything you like, didn't like want to see improve moving forward expectations for next year you know the floor is yours nick yeah so with tevin jenkins there well i mean he played uh, for the most part of the 2023 season he was he was dominant he was dominating uh, opposing defensive linemen and you felt good about where tevin jenkins was going unfortunately we got the the green bay game right at the very end there and he even admitted to it saying that it was go ahead will well, I'm just saying what I think it is. It the dude just had his first baby like three days before, mm, and yeah, you'll get there. Greg can pop on in the test, but you have your newborn, you have your firstborn. You're not sleeping. Your schedule's all out of whack. I mean, he, I know like he had a job to do, but like most people, correct me if I'm wrong. Though you have a baby and you're taking six to eight weeks off of work. He was out there blocking grown ass men within like three days. Uh, so I, I understand can, it. Was, can confirm it's very hard. It's, it's a difficult okay. thing to do. And so, again, we can look at it from X's and O's, uh, but I'll caution people from getting too hard on him for that game. Just again, taking the human element, which is a real element, like he had his daughter three days prior. That dude, like, and that itself is a process and stressful. And I, and I think the way he owned it on Twitter, like, mm-hmm. Tevin, I think Tevin is one of the most likable players on this team. Uh, and, and when he owned it the way he did, and he doesn't have to do that, but it just shows how much he cares. And it, he, I think it's, it does go underappreciated. He clearly wanted to be a tackle in this league. And there was a transition to guard that they wanted him to be. And, look at how he embraced it. You know, look at how he took that role on and and became, you know, when he's healthy, one of the better guards in the league. And Mm -hmm. I I just think that also does, shouldn't go unnoticed is, you know, that probably wasn't easy for him. They all come in with 
you know, a, a sight line for what they want to do in their career. Everybody has an ego. I can do this. They don't think I can do this, but you know what? At the end of the day, they asked him to do a job and he did it. Not only does he do it, but when he's healthy, he's one of the best to do it. Exactly. Exactly. And again, that green Bay game, boy, it was an ugly performance and I will never discredit that. I don't, I bet you he was on very little to no sleep. And again, the whole schedule is crazy. Uh, so that's just a human element that I just want to make sure I know you're going to get there one day, Nick in life. And I can't wait for that for you, but, but right now, like uh, take it from us who's been there. It's uh, I don't think I, I'm caught up on sleep yet. And it's, you know, <laughs> it's what two years and a few months now. It, it's, it's nuts. It, it takes so much out of you. And you know what? It was one game too. So like when you look at the the previous games that he played, like Tavon James was dominating. I think Greg brought up a great point with his willingness to just one, make that transition, but excel at that position. And, you know, he did have to play both sides, even this year at left guard, right guard at some point in the season. So Tevin Jenkins, the only thing, the only blemish on him really is just the, the injury. Like, can he stay healthy? Can he stay healthy? Because when he is, you want him out there because you're, you're feeling good at, as a quarterback that you're going to be protected. So uh, that's what Tevin Jenkins and then Nate Davis, it, w- it was an up and down season for him, but there's a lot of circumstances and I want to see Nate Davis with a, you know, a full off season of uninterruptions and you just, you never know when things are going to happen. So that's not really on him, but if he were to have one, I, I would like to see how effective Nate Davis can be and how consistent he can be throughout an entire season. Cause I don't think he, he just wasn't put in that situation to start his, his bears career. He gets a big contract, a lot of expectations and look, did he underperform? I think so, but I'm looking forward to a 2024 bounce back from Nate Davis and seeing what he can do. You know, an episode that literally, if we went through every weird thing, the bears went through this year and still won the games that they did and were close and all the other ones that they just were short of, like it's remarkable. I mean, Nate Davis had his stuff. I mean, Tevin Jenkins thing at the end, like it's a small blip in it, but then I know like Foreman had personal stuff going on, the Alan Williams stuff going on, like Chase Claypool at the early part of this season. There are so many weird little things that this team had to deal with, and yet they led the league in interceptions. They were able to like double their win output compared to a year ago. Like it, there's a lot of positives there despite a lot of the the weirdness. And you don't remember all the weirdness, at least I don't, until we start breaking down these players and like, oh yeah, this and oh yeah, that. And it was like so many little things ever since you know training camp opened up that this team really had to deal with and endure. So just extra perspective on top of it. Anything you want to say about uh, you know, real quickly, Lucas Patrick, if we want to finish like the starters, I know it's a rough go over there for the bears at center. I mean, I know PFF is, you know, under the microscope right now, but he was ranked 30th out of 32 centers. That feels right. Just going off of the eye test right here. I I believe so. I'm sure you believe so. 99% of the chant will believe so. The bears need to find a center. I guess pretty clear. Yeah. The bears need a major upgrade at that position. Just, just because of how important it is. And especially if you do draft a rookie, you just want to have a guy that, one is not going to allow as consistent pressure as was happening in the middle, but also being able to be another, again, quarterback for, for the offense, just being able to identify things, make sure things are right at the line and make sure everyone is on the same page because, you know, that just wasn't as consistent for, for the bears. So when you're looking at upgrades, when you're looking to potentially upgrade the offensive line, like centers number one on, 
priority, I would think, for the Bears right now to to really get things right, to make sure that whoever is quarterbacking 2024 is going to feel comfortable dropping back and making mm-hmm. the plays that they need to make. Anything on the depth players, Larry Borum, Jatir Carter, Dan Feeney, anything worth mentioning, you know, like at this stage? Uh, Jatari Carter is, uh, I think, a guy that out of the three that you just mentioned there, Will, like I think he's a guy that will still continue to develop. I think he provides a little bit of versatility on whatever side you want to put him on. But, yeah, I think that's also like just adding more quality depth there because we saw at times where, you know, if you're going to, let's say you re-sign Tevin Jenkins, you probably want to have somebody else that can also play that position because, you know, mm-hmm. at some point he might miss a game or two. So I think that just adding more to that group is going to be beneficial in the long run if you're, again, trying to build this right, which I know the Bears are trying to do. All right. So looking at like my highest area level of like where I want the Bears to improve for the offensive line, it's specific, um, but it's interior pass protection. So I'm looking for the guards in the center as a unit. Uh, and again, between having Lucas Patrick uh, at center and then back and forth with his you know injuries and then Tevin Jenkins and then Nate Davis, I think there's just a lot of inconsistency there that the Bears in it expect, but a lot of teams have to go through that. Uh, so you're going to have to find quality depth. Uh, but interior pass protection and blitz pickups and just making sure that those protection changes are effectively communicated would be like the things that I believe that the Bears must clean up heading into 2024. That's a good a good point, Will. I would say going off of the, the blitz pickups, I just think when, when you saw those twists happen, Will, for whatever reason, and again, there were maybe guys in different spots, like we kind of saw a little fluctuation there on the interior, just got to be a more effective at picking those up i think it is a benefit that you do retain chris morgan on the offensive Mm -hmm. coaching staff so you can continue to drill it home to to the guys that are currently there this is how we need to do it for for whatever given play so i mean that's going to be very micro focused thing but if they can get better in that i think they're just going to be overall better equipped to handle those exotic blitzes because you're still going to face minnesota twice a year they're still going to bring these these weird blitzes that have everybody at the line of scrimmage you know how to better defend that or block it, I should say. Again, you'll be more successful and not, you know, just put up 12 points in a win in, in a last Minnesota game. So I think that's going to be better. For sure. My confidence uh, currently for the entire Bears offensive line, you know, depth included, I'm, I'm about a six. Maybe it's a high six, but I feel good about the tackles. I feel good about a healthy Tevin Jenkins. Um, cautiously optimistic that – Nate Davis can play to the level that he played uh, in Tennessee uh, that the Bears did pay, you know, sign him to a contract for. And I I liked what I saw there. And I'm just hopeful that a year removed from all the stuff he dealt with will really help out. Uh, So I I think I'm on about six. Well, I'm going to bump up a little bit. I'm at a 6.5 just because this, this group is, is way better than the one that Justin Fields came into uh, with this new staff in in 2022 so I do like where the group is going and you know hindsight like what they're going to add to so I do I do like that what they're what they're doing and how they'll hopefully get better going into next season all right well that does it for all the positional breakdowns we're going to play around a pass for play let you know which upcoming in-house free agents should the Bears resign let test free agency and maybe a player or two that even though they're under contract heading into next season, 
maybe they'll not make the team next year and there'll be a cut uh, before then. So uh, pass or play round one, Robert Tanya, Nick. We are going to pass on Robert Tanya, Will. Um, yes, we show are. Me. Swipe left. Ah, look at me using references. Uh, Lucas Patrick, same thing. We're passing. We're, we're swiping left there, Will. What about Dan Feeney? Do you bring him back for a depth roll? I mean, you traded, what, a six-round pick to go get him? And you're not... I, look, mm, we're going to... Man, that one's tough. I guess you can play if you get him on a team-friendly deal, but yeah, he's a depth he's a depth piece for sure. Yeah, he won't break the bank, so I, I, I'm sure it'd be another one-year kind of small contract situation. So I'd lean path or lean play, uh, and you know some of that he played at IU, so you know I have to I have to keep my guys around somehow. Uh, so that plays in there. Uh, what about Deontay Foreman? We're going to pass on Deontay Foreman. I think it's, again, whatever's kind of going on behind the scenes between the Bears and him, it, it's time. I think I would too, just because, you know, he's kind of been bouncing and really for the Bears with Rojo and then Khalil Herbert, I'm okay with the one-two there with the thought of when we talked about earlier, like, got to find a speed guy. Like, if you could bring a speed guy to complement your backfield, that will be very helpful for the bears. Uh, and that's not Foreman. Uh, and then what about Mercedes Lewis? Um, if, if he doesn't retire, I don't know how that's going to work for him. Maybe he's going to just figure things out and then come back. But I mean, there's nothing he did wrong. I just, I just don't know like what his future holds. Yeah, no, he said at the uh, locker room cleanout that he wants to continue playing. So okay. if the bears want to keep Mercedes Lewis for another season, I wouldn't be opposed to that, so I'm going to play Lewis. We know we know his role. He's yes. going to be your blocking tight end, and that is that is what he and you know maybe catch an occasional touchdown like he did in the Falcons game, but uh, or was that the Falcons? Whatever game it was, he caught a touchdown there. Um, so I'm going to play on Mercedes Lewis. You know what he's doing, locker room guy, like Rockstar Eighty said here in the chat, mm-hmm. and again referencing Rockstar Eighty again teaches young guys how to be pros. So playing Mercedes Lewis keep Mercedes draft you a tight end somewhere in that mid round to compliment that room. And, you know, Cole Komet is also, I was, even though Mercedes has been here for almost 20 years, as you mentioned, I think Cole Komet's also a respected veteran at the position at this stage of his career too, but you can't have too many stable guys And heck. It also helps, I guess the sky is the bears is team age, right? Cause everyone's talking about these young teams and the bears are up there, but mm-hmm. they're not like, like the top top. You know Mercedes is dropping that average a good hefty amount, so they keep them sneaky, sneaky young, and uh, people aren't paying attention to that all too much from the outside. Um, anyone who will, is under contract uh, that you would not be surprised uh, if they don't make the team in 2024. I think there's a there's an obvious big one for you here if you want it. Is it the 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 Cody Whitehair obvious mm-hmm. big one? Will that you're yeah yes, that's um, Cody look credit to Cody for what he's really had to deal with since he's been in Chicago changing positions almost seems like every other season and going back and forth between quarterbacks coordinators all of that but it is time for the Cody Whitehair and the Bears to part ways and you know I think that's just the best move going forward for the organization and you know he was obviously he was only playing in this last game due to the injured uh Lucas Patrick going on injured reserve so they already had a spot and he wasn't among the best five. So it's time for Cody Whitehair to go. 
I would add to this list, there's not many when you look at these positional groups and you look at their contracts, but the only other one right now would be Travis Homer. I feel like like I forgot he signed a two-year deal uh, until I was going back through like the Bears contract situations. I'm like, I mean, I don't know, maybe. And again, small, it hasn't really had big a role, but maybe he has value in the locker room and under, you know, and, and practices and things like that. But in a game, like he didn't get a, like a lot of those chances this year. Yeah, well, if they were to move on from Travis Homer, I don't think they'd be missing much. Let's just to be completely honest. Okay. Uh, and I know that people are asking about some players on defense like Eddie Jackson. Uh, we'll begin that next week and we'll play the same game for the defense. So don't you worry. That one, uh, that one's going to keep me up at night thinking about what I would do, uh, you know, with Eddie yeah. Jackson moving forward. Uh, anything else that you wanted to bring up or discuss or anything we missed here in today's episode, Nick? I thought we, we covered a lot of bases in about, you know, an hour and seven minutes. Yeah, we sure did, Will. Um, again, that's what you get with these you know, CHO Bears, Audible shows. Will and I are going to go in-depth, and we're doing the State of the Franchise series, and it'll go to defense. But that's what, you, that's what you're just going to get with a Friday show. It's going to be a lot of information. So if you're a big football person, just football and football and football, we, we got that for you. So come on and join us uh, before you head off to your weekends. Appreciate everyone that's been in the chat, engaging. And we, I know we have some super chats here, but mm-hmm. really appreciate all the support that we've been getting. Absolutely. And we'll figure out exactly how we split up defense. Do we even need to split up defense? Can we do all, th- you know, all three levels in one show? I mean, we have a week to, to outline yeah. it, figure it out, but plenty of great stuff here. Let's get to those super chats uh, that you mentioned. I thought that was a, a, a great point right before we signed off here. So I appreciate that from uh, no look pass. We got, you know, I was definitely one of those fans that hated keeping Eberflus, but you know, I've cooled down a bit since and I'm, Loving the amount of work we've seen him putting into finding the right offense coordinator. You know, I'm hoping for KK. Is that uh, Kubiak? Is that Kingsbury? There are two uh, that they interviewed with the same exact initials. I hope you're for Kubiak, uh, but that's just me. Uh, but thank you for the super chat, 999. That was awesome. Thank you, No Look Pass. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You want to take this one, Nick? We have, uh, I don't even know how to, H. Turoski. Close uh, enough for me. Yeah, Kingsbury's great due, is great due diligence. He backed up Brady, worked with Mahomes and Caleb. You're going to get great insight from him. And yeah, and Will, you brought that up. I mean, this that very well could be what this interview is. And just for getting more insight, the Bears are not there. No stone is being no stone is being left unturned, and I think that's good. that's a good job by the Bears because you just you got to get this right, regardless of what you do, you got to get it right. Well, I, I have a question on this that I was thinking about last night, like because I'm very obsessive with not only because like I want a great offensive coordinator, but I also if we're gonna draft Caleb Williams, which is uh, there's a very good chance that happens, I want a very good quarterbacks coach that. Is their sole purpose, obviously just the definition of the title quarterback coach, but just everything it you're, you're there to mentor, you know, Caleb Williams. And, you know, I think about a guy like Frank Reich, obviously, cause he has ties with Matt Eberflus, 
maybe because nobody wants to hire him as a head coach or maybe even as an OC, would he come on staff to help along that, that process of developing the quarterback properly? I mean, that's what we talk about is what this franchise failed. Justin Fields with is not developing him properly. So maybe like would Cliff Kingsbury consider a lateral move from college quarterback coach to come over to the bears as their quarterback coach in the eyes of, you know, these guys are always looking for their pathway to the next time they can be a head coach. So if you're the quarterback coach of Caleb Williams and they do well next year, the OC becomes a head coach somewhere else. Like Bobby Slowick might be for Houston. Now you slide up as the offensive coordinator. Like there's a step-by-step process and you got to find your pathway to becoming a head coach. So I, I'm curious if that could potentially be a pairing that makes sense with Cliff Kingsbury, not as the OC, but as the QB coach. It's an interesting <laughs> thought. Uh, my only concern, like off the cuff, would just be the incongruencies potentially between scheme, right? Like if you do bring someone more of the Shanahan tree versus, you know, Kingsbury, which is more of that spread them out air raid style, like will that be like, you know, too much of like butting heads or just not an alignment of like what the offense should look like? But I do understand like why you pose that question and like how that could be you know, an interesting path for Kingsbury and allow him to continue to work with Caleb and, and not have to be the OC. I just don't know if the Bears want to say if they went with Kubiak, right? And then like your total Shanahan, but then you have a guy that's the air raid system was spread yeah. out. Like, I, I don't know how that works inside of the building when you're scheming up for opponents, but you never know. You could take both of the best of both worlds and create a whole new, you know, hybrid system. Just again, off the cuff spitballing right here. Yeah, I just think overall <clears throat> how they do this is going to be so vital. Like, because everybody knows here from Mitch to Justin Fields, it doesn't matter how great the prospect is. If you don't get the coaching right, you don't get the mm-hmm. proper environment around him, personnel, coaching, it all comes into play with a quarterback that you want to work out. So uh, that's where I got my eyes on it. So we have Alex Ammerling, $2 Super Chat. Any idea? when we might make a decision on the OC? That's a good question, Alex. And look, I was kind of saying at the top of the show, like I want to get this OC settled so that we know exactly like what the Bears are getting from a a play caller perspective. But, you know, at some point, some of these OCs that have been interviewing are going to look at some of these other jobs and get taken Mm -hmm. and plucked off by other teams that are looking for OCs. So, once that starts to become more frequent, I think that's when the Bears will be like, okay, we, we've identified our candidate. Let's get our guy and make him the next offensive coordinator. In an ideal situation, though, they hire their guy before anyone else hires that guy first, and then you're True. frantically picking your second-best option. And mm-hmm. so I, it's, a, it's a delicate process. I, I think there's some balancing that has to happen here, but – you know, yes, they're doing their due diligence, um, but nine is a lot of people in the interview. <laughs> Hopefully by now you have your very short list of preferred guys and we do start making some decisions here soon. I would be very disappointed if I saw like, you know, Kubiak sign somewhere else and another, you know, Roman sign somewhere else. And I think I would want a Greg Roman. I'm just throwing it out there in name just to say, like, if the Bears had two guys that they like both sign and then you have to settle for your third option, like. Mm-mm. That gets upsetting pretty quickly here, uh, if just talking about it. So the Bears do need to move swiftly, but deliberately, uh, and hopefully they make a move before someone else does on their guy. 
That's a really good point, Will. I like that a lot. Um, and then we have two from Steven to kind of wrap things up. Uh, Steven says, uh, hey, the argument that Fields has to be traded because he'll have the third offensive coordinator doesn't make sense because, you know, uh, when he was traded, he has to learn a new offense anyway. Like, that understood, like, but for the Bears, right? Like, if you trade mm-hmm. him, like, you know, best wishes to you, Justin, but that's yeah. not a problem yeah. anymore. And I, I say that respectfully. Um, but mm-hmm. I am with you with, like, I, I understand having multiple offensive coordinators is a thorn in our side. Like, we've seen it for so many quarterbacks here, like how many offensive coordinators did we see Cutler burn through, you know, like, and having mm-hmm. to learn this system and that system. And it doesn't allow for a solid foundation to grow and develop on. And, you know, Cutler, when he had that in Chicago, already had a few years of experience, a reason enough that the Bears traded for him, where fields here in Chicago has still been, you know, working to grow as a passer and going through three different systems would really suck. And it, it's going to suck regardless. Uh, but that's what we talked about last week, right? Like bringing in someone with a similar enough scheme where that learning curve could be mitigated a, a little bit. Yeah, no, it's a good point, Will. And also too, just to add one more thing, if they're, you know, you're trading with a team, you're most likely that team believes in the scheme that they're going to have for fields is going to, you know, maximize what he could potentially do. So that's how it kind of differs there a little there, Steven. And then his last super chat. Also, since my last super chat last Friday, Carm must have listened because in NBC, he hasn't worn a tie. I've been seeing Mark Carmen at Bears Fit on the TV for the last two times I've been there. And you know what? I'm not a fan of it. So get away from me, Mark. I already see. No, I don't see you enough. But now I'm seeing you when I'm working out. I don't know how I feel about that. Hey, you'd be proud of me. I've been ending my workouts on the Stairmaster, going full That's Moriano, cool. right? Yeah. Uh, I was yep. like, every time I hop on there, I just remember <laughs> us at Bears Fit, and I'm like, Nick would be so proud of me right now. Uh, but yeah, I, I want to just say uh, this was a great episode. And if you like, you know, like, like how we answer Super Chats, whether you're listening to the show, whether you're watching it live or in the replay, or heck, maybe you're someone that is doing the Super Chats, like, that's what being a diehard is about because then you get to hop into our discord when we're going in those spaces, as Greg calls them, uh, those voice channels. And we're just sitting, you know, sitting there talking bears and, you know, we're just having that conversation. So it's very similar to that Q and a style. So it's a great reason to hop on and, and join and become a diehard. Yeah. While I'm, um, you know, finishing post-production, I'll jump into the discord uh, voice channels, spaces, whatever we're going to figure out. However, we're going to define these, <laughs> but I'll be in there. We're calling these diehard OTs after the shows that we do here weekly, daily. Uh, so, you know, when this show is over, uh, if you're a diehard, jump into the voice channel, I'll be there. Nick will be there. Maybe we'll hop in if he's got a minute and we can all uh, do a little Q and a, we try to keep them to around 15 minutes uh, for each show and, and uh, do our best to answer your questions. So I'll be in there. Uh, and if you aren't a diehard subscribe and you can jump in here as soon as the show is over. Yeah. You get access immediately. You sign up, you click the lounge page. It, it unlocks for you. You get the special link to our discord. You're in easy peasy. And that's all I have to say about that, Forrest Gump. All right, anything else, Nick? And then I'll I'll send us off for the weekend. No, let's uh, send everyone off to the weekend. Thanks, everyone, for hanging out. We'll be back next Monday for the next CHO Bears show at noon. Adios. Barring any breaking news, you just True. never, ever know when it comes to Chicago Bears. They like to keep us on our toes. But, yes, I want to thank everyone who's watched, listened, watched a replay, participated in the chat. Maybe you're a silent observer we appreciate your support so much. An extra special thank you to all of the CHGO 
diehards. But that's going to do it for us here on this Friday. We'll talk to you, uh, you know, again, maybe it's Monday, maybe it's breaking news beforehand, whenever it is. We will see you then. But until then, bear down, Chicago. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.